morning, Robert. How are you doing today? Well, good morning, LinkedIn, and good morning, Doreen. You know, Doreen, I feel about as good as a baby that just discovered it has fingers. Oh, and how does really? <laughs> how does a baby feel? Have you ever have you ever seen like children, newborn babies, before they know that they have fingers, they're just kind of like, eh. and then as soon as they see them, they're like, oh, and they realize they can just grab stuff. So yeah, I feel about as good as a baby that just discovered it has fingers. You know what's gonna happen? People are gonna start tuning in just to see what kind of crazy thing I come up with in the beginning. <laughs> That's what's gonna start happening. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. So, hello everyone. Welcome on this new uh, live episode of Good Morning uh, LinkedIn. I was about to say Good Morning Robert. Uh, welcome, welcome. Uh, as usual, let us know where you are tuning in from. We have a beautiful international community. We see you. We like you. We appreciate you. So, let us know where you are tuning in from. As usual, if you have any questions, any comments, you know, use the chat. Use the chat to your thoughts, you know. So, like, it's Saturday morning. Let's have a casual conversation about topics, though, that are not so casual. And today, today we are talking about, um, you know, tough conversations. How can we have tough conversations in the workplace, you know? And let us know. Let's get started here. How do you feel about speaking up, about opening up about issues or sensitive topics, eventually controversial topics in your workplace? Is that something that you feel comfortable doing? Or is that something that you would rather keep for yourself and look the other way? I think delivering bad news is hard, right? Because think about the courage that it takes to tell someone that something is going wrong in the workplace. And I, I think that right now we live in a time where people are so polarized and on opposite ends of the spectrum. And a lot of people, I say this a lot, a lot of people think that when you disagree with them, that that means you dislike them. And I think in the workplace, that should be tossed aside. You can disagree with somebody and still like them as a person when you focus on the facts, data and statistics. But all too often nowadays, we want to focus on our feelings. Exactly. And uh, we are going to share like a few statistics with you that we, that are quite shocking. They are shocking, but they are not surprising. You see what I mean? And uh, Robert, hold on. Before we dive deeper into this topic today, we have an announcement to make. Oh, so you guys, we have a company page for Good Morning LinkedIn and we need your help. What do we need your help with? We want you to help us get to 100 followers so that we can stream the show live from that page. So if you can, go over to our company page, give us a follow so that we can increase that number so that we can stream and have everything that you need that is Good Morning LinkedIn on one page in one central location. We would greatly appreciate it if you would do that for us. <laughs> wow, lovely. Thank you. Thank you so much. So let's, let's, look at the, let's, let's take a look at the stats. I was talking about my friend, and here we are. So this is what we are talking about here. Let me see if I can Zen. Okay, so people, and, and this is sad though, but people have never been more afraid to speak their minds. Is that something that you can relate to? 
When you look at, so there was a study that was conducted uh, in the last 18 months and they surveyed uh, about um, 100, 1300, more than 1300 people. And they asked them, okay, so how do you handle, you know, having tough conversation in the workplace? And here are the findings. People, 65% of uh, respondents say they would rather stay silent and feel unauthentic as opposed to speak up and voice their opinion. 65%. It's a lot. Uh, 47% will simply avoid people. You know, I don't want to have those kind of conversation. Mm -mm, I'm not here. Don't call me out. 42 people will remain silent. Okay. 39 people, 39% of people would just like ruminate about all the things they would say if they had the courage to say it. And I must say, Robert, I was for a long time at the beginning of my career among the 39%. And 19% would like simply fake, fake an agreement and 14% would just like see your relationships. Like that's it, that's all. So that's quite interesting to me. So what do you think about those, um, about those uh, stats, uh, Robert? You know, I think that some of that exists in every organization, but what is shocking is that the numbers are quite high. Do you have the graphic, Doreen? Uh, yes. Oh, you couldn't see it? We cannot see the graphic. Oh, I'm I sorry, people. So I, I was... <laughs> okay, let me give it another try here. I do think you, it is important. It we can see it. I think it's important okay. that people uh, see the graphic. Put that in presentation mode so we can pop that up there so we can talk about this. So 65% of people surveyed said that they will stay silent, but they feel inauthentic in their interactions at work. That's a that's a pretty high number. And then 47% say that they avoid people. So imagine you're at work with someone and there's some sort of conflict. And instead of just solving the conflict like adults, you just stay quiet. Or 42% remain silent and they stew. You know what happens when people stew and stuff, though? They become mm -hmm. angry and then one day they just let it all out. That's that person that does something erratic, like start throwing stuff in the meeting. And you're just like, we didn't know Jane would do something like that. She was always so nice and quiet. So it's not good to bottle stuff up, but it's also not good to just overreact and be mm, a real crazy person either. There are ways to constructively voice your concerns at work. There are several ways to constructively voice your concerns at work. Yes. They are, they are. So is there like, did you find yourself in any of those situations, Robert? Oh, yeah. I mean, I found myself having to engage with people who couldn't constructively uh, complain about things. I mean, you guys, you hear me a lot. I'll voice my opinion. And I think that I'm very articulate and succinct when I do it. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I've kind of always been that way. Well, not always, but once I got that way, I realized the power of being able to articulate yourself. And I also realized that if somebody disagrees with me, that doesn't mean that they're a bad person and it doesn't mean that I'm a good person. You guys, I tell you what. So on, on one of my other podcasts, I, we were talking about this story, and I thought it was quite interesting. So the mayor of Fort Lauderdale 
as a guy that worked for the, the, the city, the city of Lauderdale, Florida, this guy's their chief auditor, and his job is to do investigations. Sometimes he gets anonymous complaints, and sometimes he gets people that walk in and say, hey, here's a problem, can you investigate it? He got an anonymous complaint about the police chief. He investigated the situation now, and he provided the preliminary report to the commission that oversees his activity. The mayor called the person who lodged the anonymous complaint a coward. Can you imagine you see something in your organization that's potentially bad and you say something and the highest person in that organization, the city's mayor, calls you a coward? What do you think that's going to do to other people who want to come forward and lodge complaints? By the way, why do you think that person chose to remain anonymous to begin with? Hmm. But he or she knew. He or she knew, right? So that that that's tough, though, to 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 feel and to know that you are in a space where you are not safe to voice your opinion. Yeah, yeah. And I think that brings us to our first point. Exactly. You got to make the environment safe. Yeah, you got to make the environment safe, you know. So among the top five skills, actually, that people shared in, in the same study, you know, what do we need to improve? What do we need to do? How can we have those tough conversations? And the number one was about safety, creating a, a safe space when people can feel safe and comfortable to speak up, to voice their opinion. And when you look at all the things that have been happening lately, you know, more and more people have said that they feel they cannot speak up, you know, in their workplaces. And when you look at, okay, what are like the most sensitive topics that you feel you can't talk about in your workplace? COVID-19 is one of them, okay? So people don't feel uh, comfortable, don't feel safe talking, talking about COVID-19 issues uh, at work. And the other uh, most important topic that people don't feel comfortable talking uh, about in the workplace include political or social issues, which are basically the things that impact us on a daily life. So it's like we are required to be one person, you know, with one life outside of the workplace and to be different person in the workplace, like with no emotions, no feelings, no thoughts, Nothing to do but to just, you know, think and work and do the job, which is important. Don't get me wrong here. But like we are humans, we are multifaceted and we everything that happens in our lives has have an impact on the professional we are. Yeah. Well, and I think what you've just said brings up some important points because the safety needs to work two different ways. The organization needs to make sure that it it creates a culture that is a safe culture. But mm -hmm. then also you as an individual have to judge all of the micro departments within the organization, because one department may have a, an atmosphere where people feel safe to talk about certain things. And another department, well, it may be bad. It may need a little bit of work. So you have to be an individual judge of what makes you feel safe to disclose things at work. But then you also need to look at the entire environment. If the entire culture is corrupt, you probably need to get the heck out of there. So I think that's important. But Alia has a comment and she said the lack of soft skills to deal with people. 
I think that's extremely important. That's why in my business, I train accountants and auditors and I train them mostly on soft skills. The way you engage with people will determine, will partially determine the outcome that you get. The way that you engage with people will partially determine the outcome that you get. If you scream and yell at people all the time, you're not gonna get a good outcome. If you're too timid and shy, you're not gonna get a good outcome. So there are ways to constructively criticize. There are ways to constructively complain. There are also ways to constructively educate people. Yeah, and we have another comment in that in that sense from Aditya, who says, fear of retaliation is the biggest issue. I am myself witnessing it with my boss at my workplace. And we have another comment from, uh, from, from Farah. Oh, I missed you, Farah. Uh, who say some organizations say that they want people to speak up. However, there is again retaliation that happens at times. And, you know, this is a, a, a good point. Like that's one thing, uh, you know, saying like, oh, you can speak up. This is a workplace when you can be yourself and you can voice your opinion and actually being in a reality. And that's, you know, that's really what you talked about, uh, 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 Robert, where you have to understand the politics within your organization and make the difference. You have got to be able to make the difference between what it's written on paper and what's the reality of your workplace. And we have, and, oh, go ahead, Robert. Yeah, no, I, I was just going to say, absolutely. There is a difference between what is said versus what is seen. And you have to be able to discern, like in the example I gave earlier, and I said this on my show, the citizens of Fort Lauderdale, Florida should be concerned when their mayor could call someone a coward for bringing forth an anonymous complaint. Every citizen should be concerned. I don't care what their um, written statement of values are hanging on the wall down there at City Hall. His action showed you something quite a bit different. Yeah. And, and um, Bezat says, that's a really good point. For me, when I joined my company, the first thing I felt was welcoming. People welcomed where... Uh, open-minded and very accepting and I feel it's very important exactly and you know it comes back to the culture of the company you work for what's the culture of the company you work for and if you feel like the culture of this company is not aligned with who you are then you want to consider like changing organizations uh, definitely so first of first of all creating a safe space so now here's the second thing that uh, we can develop as individuals you know, on a personal level to uh, speak up with poise and integrity is to get curious. So let me give you a little bit more on that here. So rather, and that's the thing, people are quick to decide, right? And they are quick to decide who's right, who's wrong. But I don't believe it's not a matter of being right or wrong because you're right will be based on your experience, on your culture, on your vision, you know, on your, your, your belief system. It doesn't mean that it's wrong when you compare it to someone else's belief system, right? So rather than trying to decide who's right, you know, try to understand the worldview of the other persons, right? Ask questions, try to understand and show interest. And sometimes when people, you know, they just take the time and they have the willingness to talk a little bit further about a specific topic, 
then you realize that, oh, okay, so there was a misunderstanding or, you know, I understand your point of view because I didn't know maybe you were going through this kind of situation. So that's the thing. you got to be curious about what's happening. Absolutely. So curiosity is the thing that makes us better people. Let me just say that again. Curiosity is the thing that makes us better people. Think about everything that's ever been invented in the world. It was because someone asked a question. Now, Lashika Thornton has a comment and she says, um, I don't know if you can find it or not, but she says, the fear of being viewed as incompetent and unable to function in the work environment. So let me just address that. You have to be curious and you have to ask questions. Anyone who would judge you as being incompetent for asking a question has their own ulterior motives and their own something going on in their head. Let me explain to you what I mean by that. And I say this all the time because I ask questions for a living. My, my job is I'm an auditing professional. And so that's all we do is ask questions. So you have to think about it like this. If there is something that you don't know and you realize that you don't know it, First of all, that's a certain sense of awareness that you have. Now, you realize that you don't know it, and then you seek out help. It takes courage to say, I don't know something. I'm going to seek out help. Now, the person that you ask, instead of them casting judgment on you, they should be flattered that you asked them because there was something that you didn't know. You got the courage to ask it, and you chose them to ask the question of because you believe that they could help you. So here's the deal. Anyone who don't who does not want to answer a question that you are asking, here's what's really happening. Either A, they have some some ulterior motive and they're hiding something, which is why they don't want to answer your question. Or B, they simply don't know the answer. And instead of saying, I don't know, they have this low self-esteem where they feel like they're going to be dumb if they don't know the answer to your question. Mm-hmm. Or C, they're just having a bad day. <laughs> you know? But no, seriously. Someone who doesn't want to truthfully answer a question has something to hide. Either they're deflecting and there's something that they don't want you to find out, or they simply don't know and they don't have enough courage to say, I don't know. Yeah. And and and, and you're right. Like it takes courage to say, I don't know. And oftentimes people they want to portray this image of them that is so perfect, you know, and especially when it comes to leaders, right? But it is changing and we have had this conversation many times on this show where you know now it's not a it's not a matter of being the perfect leader who knows it all it's about being authentic and being vulnerable and you know and being relatable right so it is changing and hopefully the change that is happening will have a great and positive impact on workplace culture right but like it's on them when people like the it's just on them it has nothing to do with you your integrity your authenticity it's on them like if they judge you based on the the few information that they know like it's on them it's not on you really so another thing like you know going in that same sense that in that in the same direction it's to start with facts not judgments or opinions so it kind of answer your your, your your question actually so you know a, a good way to start having those tough conversation instead of starting with emotions with feelings which can be different and surely different from a person to another is to start like on a neutral base by sharing stats by sharing facts right 
by sharing uh, objective descriptions. And then based on this neutral uh, uh, starting point, you can start expressing yourself and you can start expressing how you feel about it. But it's important to also, this is our, when we communicate, this is our responsibility to provide enough information and enough context to other people to make our point to make our point or to make our to make ourselves understandable i don't know if it's that's correct the way i see it but i think that you get the idea where this is our responsibility you know to provide enough information for people to understand the context and to understand what's happening yeah and and farah makes a good point being objective is important that's actually one of the principles in my profession objectivity we talk about it a lot I tell you guys what, so I remember one time I had this investigation that I was doing. People had given me all this evidence that showed that some people were stealing. Now, the people that were stealing happened to be related to some people high up in the organization. So I remember going into this meeting. I had the evidence. I was going to tell them what had happened. I'd already informed the police chief what was happening. Everybody was aware of what had happened. I walk into this room and there are these executives wall to wall sitting there waiting for the final report to come in. So I sat down. And I'd already briefed some of them in private. So I sat down and they put me at the end of the table, the head of this big table, all eyes staring on me. And before I could say a word, somebody in a significant position of authority looked at me and said, you don't like us. And I was like, wait, what? Well, that's, like, it has nothing to do with the fact that I like you or not. Right. So I said, well, you know, we have this person on videotape actually stealing certain things. So whether I like you or not has nothing to do with anything. That's so the fact. Said, like the video is here to prove the fact. That's what I thought. So then they said, you are a horrible person. So I, <gasps> at this point, I started chuckling a little bit because I was like, okay, let's assume that, at, that that is true. I am a horrible person, the worst of the worst. This person stole. So what does that make them? <laughs> like, no, that, that's... That's that's the thing, you know, that's insane. And that's when we talk about like like companies culture, this is really what it is about. Yeah. I mean, no, so man. it is all about starting with the facts. The fact facts don't care about your feelings. Yep. Facts don't lie. That's the thing. Facts don't lie. So but people do. <laughs> exactly. People do. <laughs> well, you know, here, here was even worse though. What's worse is when people provide partial facts. Because I always say a half truth is still a whole lie. So when people try to make a situation come out to the way that they want it to come out and they provide you with partial truths, that's even worse. So when you provide facts to people, give them the whole facts. It is what it is. Exactly. And, you know, it gives you more credibility. It's important to understand that it gives you more credibility because when you start, like, hiding stuff, people will figure it out at some point. Yep. That's something that you can be 100% sure at some point, no matter how long it takes, people will figure it out. And then this is how you, it will create doubts about, you know, the veracity and the, the authenticity and the, the, the objective of, you know, the your personal uh, maybe agenda. Right. So it's important like to share like all the facts so you can have a conversation that is solid. Again, and actually, you know, talking about facts, 
when you share facts, it's to provide enough information again and to provide enough context for other people to understand from where you're coming from. And which brings us to our uh, tip number four, actually, which is to not focus on trying to convince people. That's not your job to try to convince them. Your job is to try to uh, to express yourself and to bring a topic to the like to the table to have conversations that can eventually bring uh, you know a positive outcome or a different outcome. But don't try like don't let your main goal be to change people's you know opinion. Okay, like yeah. because you will use a lot of energy. You know what? Here's the thing. We do not negotiate with terrorists. That's just what it is. But in all seriousness, let me, let me put on my serious face for this one minute. In all seriousness, here's what I say. You can't convince crazy of anything. That's what we do. We look at these people and we know that somebody is doing something that's crazy or saying something that's crazy. And we try to convince them that they aren't crazy. You cannot convince crazy. Stop trying. Don't do it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it applies like every day like with everyone like that's not your job again like you're here to be yourself to voice your opinion like and you want to voice your opinion based on your again belief standards you know your values your experience your life experience your professional experience the person you are talking to doesn't come from the same background it doesn't come from the same doesn't have the same experience so the person can't have the exact same point of view so and I would say this is unfair somehow to try to convince people that, okay, what you are saying is right or, you know, that you are on the right side of things. This is not, in my opinion, how you have, like, a fruitful conversation. And this is now not, in my opinion, how you make real change happen. Hey, Doreen. Yes. Uh, Ariana says, but she is crazy. But, but I am crazy. She said she is crazy. <laughs> Who says that? I see LinkedIn users. Who say that? Her name is Ariana. Ariana, but am I crazy? Oh, who's crazy? Are you? Then crazy? she said maybe she's just full of personality or personalities. How many personalities do you have, Ariana? <laughs> uh, uh, you know, actually, I could say I have at least, uh, at least, I have up to maybe three personalities. And this is the reality. Listen, let's not fake it. Okay, let's let's be transparent here. Okay, Robert, how many personalities do you have? Look, I, I hope I only have one. I mean, like personality. I mean, I, I know we have different moods. I think a mood is different from a personality, right? Okay. We can be in a happy mood or in a sad mood or in a bad okay, mood. Okay. But I don't think I have multiple personalities up in my head. There's only one me and thank goodness for that. <laughs> I would say I think we have multiple personalities. Like I'm not crazy, but I would say so. <laughs> okay, wait. I'm having fun with Ariana. Ariana said Scariana. Scariana is angry. So I'm guessing that's one of her personalities. She's named it, it Scariana. I love it. Exactly. So who is then? We have Scariana. Then but do we have happy, happy Rihanna when she's happy? So that's mood. So what she calls personality is what you call mood. So we are on the same page here. Okay, uh, yeah, if it's just a language okay. thing, yeah. I I'm good if it's just a language thing. If it's a mood, I get that. So what is happy, Ariana, Ariana? Is it like uh, Riri? You like Rihanna under your umbrella, <laughs> Ella? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
Okay, hold on. Let's let's be serious here a little bit because we have a great question actually from our friend uh, Aditya. Isn't negotiation the soft skills contributing to convincing people to communicate the proper perspective? Ooh. So I would like to share a few things on this uh, because um, this is what I have uh, studied: negotiation, uh, diplomacy. Okay. Oh. Long story short, okay, you guys, you gotta stop this. Oh, Trekalish, okay, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna block you. <laughs> we have a serious question here. Trekalish, where's your TikTok account? <laughs> we need proof. Now, I'm, I'm just joking. That was just a joke. <laughs> Don't send us the proof, please. Don't Y'all gonna get me canceled proof. on LinkedIn. <laughs> so let's go back to negotiation skills and uh, convincing people. Negotiation skills really it's about showcasing what's in the best interest of the other person what's in in the, the the negotiation for the other person it's not about convincing the other person that you are right and that's not about trying to align the other person or what you think okay it's really about providing enough context and information for the other person to understand the benefit of getting into this agreement, the benefit, the benefit of getting into those conversations. And when it comes to negotiation, that's a, that's a mistake that most people do, actually. This is where you make the difference between a great, oh my goodness, I'm going to pull you out <laughs> of this live show, uh, between great negotiator and like, negotiators is just this ability to showcase what's in need for the other part as opposed to convincing because the other it's coming to the table with their own interest in mind right so i hope it answers your question uh, aditya i don't know if you have something else uh, to add here robert yeah no i i agree with you 100 negotiation is about looking at the end goal and the end result presenting a situation that's a win-win for all parties involved. However, each party still has the right to make their own decision. You would hope that they make the decision that you're presenting, but they don't necessarily have to. Yeah, exactly. So here's a, a, a negotiation one-on-one -on -one, uh, quick, quick lesson. So now, you know, I don't even know what tip we were at. Okay, convincing. Oh, so now it brings us to tip number five, and we are behind schedule, my friend. Uh, be critical of your own point of view, okay? You have to be self-critical when approaching a conversation and question yourself, okay? Am I right? You know, like, there is always room for improvement, and we don't know it all. So something that you may believe is true at some point in life, might not be any may no longer be true maybe three weeks or three months from now so you have to have this an open mind and to have to have this willingness to understand that what you believe is true now today based again on your own experience might not be true for other people but might not be true for yourself a couple of days weeks and months from now when i think one of the biggest things with that is we all have some sort of bias I don't care what people tell you, we all have some sort of bias. And that bias is based on our experiences in life, whether that be in our personal life or in our work life. We all have biases that we kind of need to shed. And one thing that I always say is stop trying to focus on who is right. We always want to look at, well, Robert is right because of this or Doreen is right because of that. Forget about the who, focus on what. 
when you start focusing on what is right instead of who, you can start to remove some of your bias and work towards a workable solution for all parties involved. Like, I don't, I don't, if someone presents something to me where I have a certain viewpoint and they present me with some information that shows me that I'm wrong, great. Well, let's figure out what is right and what is the next direction we need to go in yeah. instead of sitting there saying, doggone it, I was right. No. So exactly. stop focusing on the who, focus on the what. Exactly. And uh, we have a bonus tip that we would like to share with you because we are generous, you know us, uh, on your right to have your own opinion. And you know, sometimes like own it, be proud of it. And that's it. That's all. Again, you don't have to explain yourself. You don't have to convince people. You don't, you don't have to own it, be proud of it and move on. Like, really, really, you don't need validations from others. Let me say it again. You don't need validation from others, okay? So take responsibility to validate yourself and your opinions. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. So let me see what we have here. So we have a couple of uh, more uh, comments. Thank you, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Um, Penny says negotiations is like asking each party what they would like to see happen. Yeah, exactly. So we are not at all into convincing the other party. It's really the other part. It's really about, okay, what do we want? What do we want the outcome to look like? So what would be your um, last word? Robert. Oh, you know, um, before we get to the last, last word, we got a couple yeah, more comments. Yeah, that's what I'm reading right now here. So Gail say, that's because you are probably way more mature, Robert. So it's not about who is right. I've been in some tense situations where we spend unnecessary time arguing over the facts. Here's the thing. Mm. You cannot argue over facts. If someone is arguing with you over facts, you've got to check that situation and see, are you truly arguing over the facts? Usually it's over someone's feeling. You can't convince anyone other uh, to, to, to believe something any different. So that's when you have to make a choice. When you continue presenting them with the facts, either they will come around or they won't. If they do come around, then great, you can move forward. If they don't come around, you can call it for what it is. And I know a lot of us, because I think, Gail, we're in the same profession, right? So a lot of us think that if we talk to our clients, they'll start to come around. If they can't come around, you reserve the right to get up and walk away. But tell them why. Tell them, factually, here's what happened. Here are the points that you're bringing forth, which are emotional. We need to somehow reconcile the two. And until we can, we're going to end this conversation. You don't waste your time in meetings with people. You spend all your time wasting time in meetings. And then once you once you get to the resolve that you're dissolving the meeting, you need to write it up as such and communicate it up the chain. Here's why we can't get the situation resolved. What we do is we want to beg and plead people to see what's right because we're presenting facts. Forget that. Not everyone's going to come around. And when you have the courage to stand up and call people on their crap, something will happen. It may, now, you will have severe consequences because most organizations are emotional. But you still have to stick to the truth. And to the truth and, you know, backed up with facts. Again, not to your truth, to that truth. That's very important to make the differentiation here. Okay, wow. So thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for this uh, conversation. We have quite a few comments that we're going to uh, answer 
directly in the comment. Again, don't forget to uh, follow our grounding LinkedIn uh, business page so we can host all live streams share all the good morning linkedin content in one place and we gather all the community in one place so it's even better you know if you want to network you want to grow your network you want to you know partner create next opportunity find your next opportunity create your next opportunity we will be all in one place so please don't forget to look at the business page good morning linkedin on linkedin to give us a follow so we can reach the hundred uh, uh people and then we can start uh, hosting our uh, Saturday morning episode um, over there. So thank you, everyone. Thank you, Robert. Thank you for uh, being uh, taking part in this conversation. You take care. You stay safe. And we'll see you next week, same time, for another live episode. Thank you, everyone. And bye-bye. Uh, <laughs> Peace out.